What's up, everybody? It's your man, Plyrock. And before we get started with today's podcast, just wanted to take this opportunity to remind you to please follow us on Facebook at Ply and the Muldog. That's P-L-Y-A-N-D-T-H-E. D-A-W-G, Ply and the Muldog. You can also find our live video game show most nights of the week at Ply Rock Gamer on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ply Rock Gamer. P-L-Y-R-O-C-K-G-A-M-E-R. We appreciate all the support. We'd love it if you dropped us some feedback, a subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. It really helps out the show. Thank you so much and enjoy. Meeting at the intersection of entertainment and knowledge, of greatness and destiny, comes the greatest sports video game movie podcast on today. Please welcome in your hosts, Plyrock and Mitch the Moldaw. What's up, everybody? It's your man, Plyrock, and welcome to a special edition of Ply and the Moldog. Moldog, we've been gone for a few days, and boy, the world has gone to hell in a handbasket, man. We got so much to report tonight, so much to react to. We've got to toe the line because things are coming at us left and right. We don't even know half these stories, so... What's going on, dude? First of all, how are you? And second of all, what in the F is going on right now? I'm do- I'm doing great. Uh, I agree with you. Let's try to be part of the solution here as opposed to part of the problem. But I kind of feel like the uh, guy at the radio station over here in the corner, and you're going to eventually kick it to me to call all the school cancellations because it's snowing. So I feel <laughs> it like, feels like it. Yeah, so eventually you're going to kick it to me. And I'm going to call all the sports cancellations for the coronavirus. Oh, my goodness. Let's start with the big breaking sports news, and then we'll get into the video game side of the things, too. But I've heard that some uh, some big events have been moved around. Some uh, Let's start, I guess, in Major League Baseball. Do we have news there? We got news in the NBA. I mean, where do you want to start with this, mole? I mean, you're the secretary of sports here. It is moving so fast, by the time I tell you, I will be behind. It is This is moving quicker than, than the obsolescence of your iPhone. It's As of right now, we got the Seattle Mariners, uh, 16 home games in jeopardy at this point. We got the, and that's an MLB, obviously. XFL has done things with the Seattle Dragons. No fans at that game. But the big one, the Hammer. The NCAA tournament, fanless, men's and women's. That to me is completely mind-boggling, considering that this year's NCAA tournament, more people will listen to playing the Muldog this year than be live at an NCAA tournament game. Like what? What transpired? I, I, I just. I don't know. It's hard to tell because we're not really getting, first of all, we're getting different information from different outlets, right? So so whether you trust the mainstream media or you don't, uh, I tend to err on the side of I don't because everybody's telling a different story and everybody's got a different uh, agenda to push towards us. But uh, nobody seems to really have their facts straight. It almost seems to me like a lot of these a lot of these different um, announcements for 
uh, NCAA and NBA and and Seattle fanless games is almost it's it feels like an overreaction. I don't I don't want to put a stamp in my words at this point because I don't want to downplay the fact that a new virus working its way through the human population uh, is a serious thing. So this is a this is a serious uh, issue, but is it any more or less serious than say influenza or SARS that we went through years ago, or uh, you know the Spanish flu before we were born killed five hundred thousand or so people in the United States, which was an absolute epidemic. So is this an overreaction? to uh current events like a cover your butt type thing that's what it feels like to me um i think we have to be careful and correct me if i'm wrong moldog my initial gut feeling on this is we have to be careful as a society not to err too much on the side of caution because as they make these decisions of canceling tournaments fanless games etc it's not just a sporting event to a lot of people. A lot of people work those events to pay the bills and feed their families. Um, a lot of those uh, events bring more economy to the area in the cities or the places in which they exist. For example, if the Super Bowl was canceled for any particular reason in the city it was chosen to go to, the economic impact of that cancellation would be massive to the city that was counting on it or the people there who were counting on it, the small businesses there who employ a vast majority of Americans. So, and on top of that, it hits even closer to home. So we're just starting on a national stage talking about the NCAA and talking about the NBA and talking about major league baseball and whatever else is in the XFL, whichever else is the hammers about to come down. Cause you know, it's a trickle effect, right? So, it feels to me also like it's a trickle effect, like, all right, here come the dominoes, here come the cards. So as soon as the, uh, I think the Warriors were the first one I noticed, I don't know about you, Moldog, but as soon as the Warriors announced, oh, fanless game, then everybody else was like, oh, we got to do that too. So fanless games, you know, I mean, that's my feeling on it. Yeah, it's it's so quick and it's moving so fast right now that there's no way that these teams or these organizations, regardless of how much prep they've done, the NCAA actually, of all things, had a coronavirus response committee set up. Post-haste, you know, threw it together, whatever, some type of committee to at least lend a little maybe credibility to their decision. But things are moving so fast here that you can't possibly think through all the consequences of doing this. But when Washington did this and uh, when Seattle did this and the governor of Washington came out and you don't want to be the last one behind the eight ball here looking like you didn't react quickly enough or you weren't, you know, sympathetic enough to the situation. So everybody's fallen in line. Everybody's monkey see monkey do as quickly as they can. And the consequences are going to be felt throughout the land amongst all sorts of demographics and amongst all sorts of working people and amongst all sorts of 401k plans and, and financial instruments of the like. But it's not it's not vogue to talk about those because if you sound a little callous if you start talking about 401ks or wages when you know people are are 
perishing from this uh, coronavirus or, you know, whatever, whatever the totals are, you know, in this country versus other countries, I guess that's, that's not really, you know, critical or totally germane to the argument, but this is, this is panic. I don't know what other way to describe it as panic and panicking, bad decisions get made. Correct. And it almost, it, if you look back through history, and you see, even what I think it was maybe it maybe a decade ago, we had the uh, H1N1 swine flu that made its way over here, and we didn't have this type of twenty-four hour news cycle reaction at that time to that particular pandemic. Um, it seems like like I can bring it even down to a local level here in New England where these decisions being made by these colleges and now high school uh, universities and campuses, the kids in Connecticut do not get to participate in their winter tournaments for sports. They canceled it across the board. So all these, these teams that first of all, they're seniors. So you're stealing, you're, 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 you're making a decision that is more than it's not a big deal, right? So there's more factors involved. You, you're taking kids moments away from them. Potentially, a lot of these kids are relying on these tournaments and performances for scholarships, correct? To set up their futures. Absolutely. And now you're postponing. And I know it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of situation, I guess. But it feels to me like it's more of a it's it's going to become more of a damned if you do type situation. These kids are being robbed in Connecticut is no other way to put it of their moments in the sun to, to push their futures forward. A lot of them rely on these moments and these scouts and everybody rely on these particular games to, to push these kids through, to get them their scholarships and to move on to collegiate sports and to, into a bigger degree, the NCAA which did, didn't outright cancel its tournament because we all know they're not going to cancel the tournament. They got to get something on TV, right, to mitigate the damage. Well, how many times? How many times do you hear me say the big money is in the television rights, not in the butts in the seats? So they took the easier of the two. They're not canceling the tournament. They're not canceling the games. The TV money is the big money. They can't eschew that. They'll they'll take a you know they will take their haircut in terms of beer, hot dogs, and tickets. But again, that's not the big one. The big one is the TV money. Correct. And you know now that we see these particular decisions being made in these in these sporting events or bigger gatherings, and we'll get to the video game side of things here in a few minutes. But um, you know where is this going to stop? Is this going to stop? I mean, WrestleMania is coming up in Tampa. WrestleMania is a hundred thousand people. They fill the stadium every year, Vince McMahon. So if he's if he's willing to call it on an XFL Seattle Dragons game of thirty thousand people, is WrestleMania for the first time ever going to be wrestled? Are they going to wrestle well, this, in an empty stadium? Yeah, this is they- literally this is literally the part that scares me to death. Is where does it stop? Where Correct. does it stop? Don't go outside. Nobody go outside for three months. Where does it end? And 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 another another way to look at this too. And I know we're not necessarily we're not a political show and things like that. But 
college campuses are sending kids home early. You know, don't come back. Take your classes online kind of stuff. You, you, University of Massachusetts canceled for the rest of the semester. Harvard. Now, this is Harvard now. You're, now, you're paying what to go there? And yeah. we said, uh, yeah, go home and uh, we'll finish up online. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I a lot of these universities do have bigger international populations. I, I understand. A lot of, With lot Harvard, of, I get it. With Harvard, I get it. Yeah, but I just, this is, we also have to be careful. We're setting a precedent of behavior for a particular event, right? So the United States is big on precedent. So now what? Every 10 years when a new virus pops up that that is, uh, you know, semi to dangerous to a certain segment of the population, society is going to shut itself down completely. And until they hopefully get over it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where the line is. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. So don't get me wrong, you know, but where do we where do we draw the line in response? I mean, generally growing up, if there was a you know, we always talk, oh, there's a bad there's a bad stomach bug going around, guys. Uh, You know, don't shake hands at church today. Okay, make sure you wash your hands. Okay. And then, you know, someone gets it and, you know, they're sick as a dog for, you know, five or six days and they get over it and then we move on. Um, I don't know yet if this, I mean, would they, would they, would they cancel an NBA game if someone tested positive for influenza in the building? You know no. what I mean? Like, and flu has been kicking our ass as human beings for what? Since I've been born, since what? Hundreds of years. I don't know. It's been around forever. And every year there's a new strain that wipes out that wipes out some people. And we work on vaccines and we do our best. And we got a great health system here in the United States. And, and, and a lot of countries have a great health system around the world. And we mitigate the damage and people get immune to it. And I, and I think I think the unknowing, because we're getting so many different stories, from so many different outlets and shame on some of the media, by the way, and fear mongering this bullshit. So excuse me if I get on my soapbox for one second, but shame on a lot of these clickbait people and a lot of these nightly people who are screaming into the TV that this is like the end of days and it's all one particular person's fault or, or we didn't do this right and shame on it. We're all going to, you know, shame on them, shame on them to capitalize on something that is, both serious and we're all trying to figure out just necessarily how serious it is. Shame on them. And they know who they are in the media. They're not necessarily people that I watch anymore, but a lot of people do. And, and they're disgusting for doing that. This should be a time where you're not driving people into a state of fear to head to Walmart, to get as much toilet paper as they can and bring it home. And, and hoard it and stay in their house. This is a time when you say, these are the facts as we know it. This is what's going on right now. These are some things you can do to make it better and help each other as, as human beings and as a society. That's what you do. You don't go out there and, you know, and I know we're a little bit of a, we're a little bit of a smaller platform than some of them, but we're we're not we're not going to be the we're not we're not going to join the irresponsible crowd and get people to get all wound up and crazy 
over something we just don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? No, that's uh that is well put, and that's why I said in the beginning too. Let's be part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. I believe uh, a president once said, and regardless, he is generally acclaimed as a good president, regardless of what edge of the uh, side of the political aisle you happen to be on for or against, but we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And Franklin Roosevelt said that when the markets were 30% unemployment, people couldn't, literally couldn't eat, people, you know, were starving, the markets were in free fall, this, that, and the other. And that's what the country needed to hear at that point. That's what the country needs to hear at this point. But I just want to follow up before it gets away from us. You happen to mention the NBA and that was very uh, timely here. There's a there's a breaking situation, and the details are still sketchy. So I don't want to get ahead of my skis here, claiming that I know the total situation. But there's a breaking situation out of Oklahoma City that the Jazz Thunder game was postponed right before tip-off. Uh, from everything I can see, the scene was somewhat chaotic. They were about ready to throw the ball up. And then they got word from the NBA that the game is postponed. They originally didn't think, now this is, again, this information is fluid, and I am getting it from other sources. I'm not claiming to be an authority here. The situation initially was said not to be uh, corona-related. So, of course, I thought the worst right off the bat, was there a terrorist threat? Was there something, you know, Oklahoma City, go back there, this, that, and the other. Apparently, TMZ... Because let's give them credit where they deserve. They're usually out in front of these things, a.k.a. they were the first one on Kobe Bryant. But TMZ has uh, reported that a certain player on the Jazz during the post-game or the post-practice shoot-around media conference, who this particular player happened to be... um, he was uh, questionable for the game anyway due to illness. Can I stop you for one second, yeah. Bulldog? Not to interrupt you, but breaking news as you're talking. Wednesday night, 9.45 p.m. is when we're recording this. The NBA has officially suspended the rest of their season. All games have been suspended as the Utah Jazz player you speak of has tested positive for the coronavirus. That just happened? Just happened now. Not to interrupt you, Muldog, on that breaking story with the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma Thunder, but just it came across my wire here, the NBA has announced they are suspending the rest of the season, uh, and because that particular, it looks like that particular Utah Jazz player that you were just describing, indeed tested positive for coronavirus, and uh, so the NBA has shut it down. We got other breaking news flying through. So let's finish up with the NBA. Didn't this guy touch everybody's microphones and stuff too, like he's being a skunk? Well, that that's what I was getting to before. I mean, you want to talk about a fluid situation. We may overuse that term, but this is a fluid situation. I feel like I need to talk fast before something else happens, for crying out loud. Baby, we got all night. Yeah. You talk as long as you need to. His name was, uh, and still is, uh, Rudy Gobert. And yeah, apparently he kind of thumbed his nose for whatever reason and it does seem just to kind of be a bit of a dick if you will and he went and touched every single microphone and every single recorder that was in the press room 
even though he was listed as questionable for the game due to quote-unquote illness. Now you're telling me he's tested positive for corona and the NBA has canceled the season. I don't Canceled the season. It just came through. It just came through. This is unprecedented. I, I do not know. I feel like Walter Cronkite here when Kennedy got shot on the air. This oh, I got other not. I got I got other breaking news that's gonna blow your mind while we do this. But uh we're gonna stay here for a second before I rattle your chains again here in a second. But I don't see again, we're just let's quickly go back to what we were talking about earlier. Now the now now it's an even bigger economic and uh livelihood type situation where the NBA suspends its season. Now, I don't know what that means. This is still breaking. It could be suspending the season. Just, Hey, we're going to take a week off. We're going to take a few weeks off. We're going to figure this out as a league and come back. It might be a shortened season type situation. That's understandable. Okay. But this just feeds into the narrative that, and I don't, I don't condone this skunk's behavior. If this is indeed the way he acted, by the way, uh, you do not, you do not as, especially as a public figure, you do not add to the, uh, hysteria or the fear by acting in a way that would, that you're, you're, you're perpetually trying to make people afraid. Talk about public enemy. Number one, this guy has just basically printed his own face on that poster. He might as well go pitch for the Houston Astros at this point, the way he's acted. If this is indeed true, by the way, innocent until proven guilty. But these are the reports that we are getting um, for the NBA to suspend the season. Unprecedented feels to me still like it's a it's a it's a it's almost an allergic reaction by all these corporations and all these organizations it still feels like a lot of knee jerk is going on. And like you had said, Moldog, bad decisions are always made in panic. Um, there's a reason that our, our beloved military goes through training before they go into dangerous situations or our police officers or firefighters. Because when they go into tough situations, they make good decisions generally. You know, they're trained to make good decisions. And the better you're trained or the better you're prepared, doesn't have to necessarily be trained. Uh, you're able to mitigate that fear inside. You're able to harness that fear inside and use that in, to make smart decisions for your family, your friends, your community, your country, et cetera. And it seems like right now the United States and uh, as a whole, a lot of these uh, organizations are not making necessarily the smartest decisions based off of this. And, you know, just to, just to crack some more eggs over you, Moldog, just breaking through the wire as well. Tom Hanks, famous movie star, and Rita Wilson, who were currently working on an Elvis Presley project, have both tested positive for the coronavirus. So now it's breaking into Hollywood as well. Um, you know, we'll see that. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, we obviously wish Tom Hanks the best. We don't want anybody to get, get, get sick, uh, from this, but, uh, we'll see how it, how it develops. I mean, there, I could keep going CBS today. Uh, the black rockets called in New York, 
two employees, quote unquote, tested positive for coronavirus. They evacuated the building and shut it down. So there's either one or two things going on here, Muldog. <clears throat> I'm going to go on the record. Number one, they're not telling us everything they know about the virus. <laughs> That's number one. So either one, this thing is way more dangerous than they're making it out to be. And they're kind of pussyfooting around it, so to speak. Or number two, everything's knee jerk right now and everybody's going crazy. It's one of two things. I vote for number two at the risk of really sounding like an ass or some type of callous uh, individual underestimating this. I am not. I just think that the fear and hysteria will have a greater negative impact on more families than the actual virus itself. That's a calculation. That's an internal calculation that I am making. Uh, I, that is not to diminish the gravity of this particular situation because, as you perfectly put, we can't even get through five minutes of this podcast without a earth-shattering type thing happen. Now, Tom Cruise and Rita Wilson, yeah, that is... Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom, sorry. Whoa, whoa, okay. whoa, whoa. <laughs> That would have been breaking news, right? Yeah, we don't want to do that. Tom Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, obviously, I do not want to diminish that at all. Uh, they seem to be fairly healthy individuals. They're not elderly. They seem to be in pretty good shape. My guess is they will come out just fine, and I wish them the best. I mean, hey, Tom Hanks was on an island by himself for like uh, 500 days or whatever and got off. So I like his chances. Um, but this is nuts. This is crazy how quickly this is happening. And I understand, I don't necessarily endorse, but I do understand some of these knee jerk reactions because you, it's like musical chairs. You don't want to be the last one standing because you didn't buy into this. But my prediction, and I give a lot of predictions on the show is that at the end of the day, this will be in the SARS H1N1 swine flu, mad cow, all these things that were going to wipe us out and didn't. That yeah. is my prediction at the end of the day. I hope I'm right. I, you know, I, I have a gut feeling that, and you know, that's all we can go off at this point because I got other breaking news to hit you with too. But, uh, at this point I do, I do inherently believe that we are, the strongest, most beautiful country on the face of the earth. We, in terms of adversity and strength and all the things that we have come together as Americans, first and foremost, and survived together, all the wars that we fought, all the, uh, the dust bowl, the depression, the, the Spanish flu, the swine flu, the H one N one. I almost always say H one Z one. That's a video game, but the, all the things that as Americans we have always come together and persevered over seems to me like that's a hell of a lot stronger. If we can get it together for five minutes, people is a hell of a lot stronger than any virus that thinks it's going to come over here and do anything to us as a nation and, and, and secondarily as a world. So the better the United States does, and the better our researchers uh, take care of business and work hard to um, uh, do their best to mitigate this or come up with a vaccine or come up with a, some type of treatment, uh, the better the world benefits, too, and vice versa. So we got to come together first and foremost as a nation. Secondarily, 
uh, once we can get our shit together as a nation, then we got to come together and help everybody else around the world because we're all human beings. We're all God's children. So we got to take care of each other. And, and after all the smoke clears, you know, after, after all the smoke clears, then we can sit back and say, then the Monday morning quarterback stuff will start with should that coach have tried that field goal or went for that touchdown at the end of the game kind of talk. And hopefully, I I hope that this precedent is set for this type of situation where in the future, instead of reacting the same way or worse, that as a society and as a world, we react better. It's always better to learn from history and not repeat it as opposed to, you know, just repeat the same mistake over and over. So once we get through this pandemic as a, as a, as an earth, as a, as a world, I really hope and pray that we're able to take a step back and go, all right, the last time that happened, we shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done this, but we should have done this, this, and this. And ultimately that will save lives. Ultimately that will also save a lot of other unintended consequences because as fast as this news is coming in, uh, this podcast, you guys better listen to it now <laughs> because Ply and Moldog might have to go live on the air tomorrow just to give you guys updates. Um, we have got, we have got the NBA. We already talked about suspending season play. Tom Hanks and his wife infected with the virus. Tom Hanks just sent out a tweet, by the way. Mm-hmm. He actually sent it out 46 minutes ago. This is unbelievable. I'm watching this. It's getting about 3,000 likes a second. Yeah. Well, everybody's praying for him, man. We yeah. don't want anybody to get sick. No. And and, and it, it reads as follows. Uh, I'll, I'll summarize it. Read it. Apparently, they were in Australia. I don't know if that plays into it or not. We felt a little tired, like we had colds, body aches, chills, the whole nine. Tested positive. We will follow protocols. Keep you posted. That's a summary of Hanks's tweet. It's being retweeted at a thousand retweets a second. Just kind of by my, you know, unscientific uh, determination I'm making here, and it's getting liked at about two thousand likes a second. I guess that's the power of Twitter, my friend. Yeah, that's why I got you on it, Muldog. I so, would just say that's why you got me on it, but you, you took it there is nuts. There is, we don't know what's real and what's not yet, right? So we're going to take all this with a little bit of, we're going to take all this with a little bit of uh, a grain of salt, so to speak. Is that okay if we eat a lot of this news as it that's, breaks? That's great. Let me just say one more thing to our to our audience. I will put up, I will put the tweet of the video of the man in question, Rudy Gobert, what he did at the press conference. Not that they wouldn't be able to find it because it's all over the Twittersphere, but let, I will put it up on the uh, Ply and Muldog page just so it is there for uh, any of our audience to be able to click on and see real quickly. And, yeah, it basically is it basically is this guy just being a total, total jerk. Yeah. No, that's that's – that is unfortunate. There are going to be people like that in the world. Those are those are the people uh, that the rest of us, the ninety eight percent of us, avoid in life because we most human beings I her- inherently believe are decent, beautiful people. But there's but there's always the squeaky wheel, and the squeaky wheel always gets the grease, right? Isn't that the old saying? 
That is the old saying. But I don't want it to be all gloom and doom here as we work our way through uh, these uh, these uh, transpiring events. Uh, Lou Dobbs has a news show on, I believe, Fox Business. He just had a renowned Dr. Ian Lipkin on uh, breaking right now. Dr. Ian Lipkin, uh, world-renowned doctor, has said, looks like the plasma recovered from coronavirus patients seems to be a magic elixir to saving lives. They're working on it as they speak. So there are professionals out there doing everything they can. There are doctors who take uh, Hippocratic oaths to save lives and to preserve life and love people. There are pharmaceutical companies as much as they're beat up a lot and insurance companies coming together now to do what they can to get people the, the care that they need. Uh, this is a time when we all come together. We stop all the BS. We get through this as a nation. We get through this as a world. And then we learn from it. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about it on that front. I will say it seems like old news now because of everything we just talked about. But this also is affecting other industries besides, obviously, the sports industry, which this in the in the Hollywood industry now, uh, the the movie industry. It also is affecting the video game industry, and I know that recently I went to PAX East, Moldog, giant conference, thousands and thousands of people there. Uh, I made it out of there a couple of weeks ago. I did see some people with medical masks on walking around, uh, but overall, very jovial event. Had a great time. It's two or three weeks later from that. I feel just my normal fat middle-aged self, so I'm okay. But uh, that was on the table to be canceled when this first started, and they went through with it. So I'm glad they went through with it, uh, first and foremost, because there were so many inspiring uh, developers and independent studios who are able to, that's the only place they're able to showcase all the hard work and video games that they're creating for the video game community. Um, that's like their big moment to shine with people, uh, and to take that away from them, just like to take away the high school kids moment or to take away the NCAA kids moment, or even in fact, to take away the NBA player who works so hard's moment. Because uh, we all only have a finite amount of time here on the planet. And we only have those few moments in our life that define us. Uh, that that PAX was on the table to be cut from the Boston mayor. They elected to go through with it. Uh, that was a smart decision in retrospect. Haven't heard any reports of anything, anything coming out of PAX East that was uh, dangerous or coronavirus related. But E3, which is the biggest or used to be especially, the biggest video game conference of the year where Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft, that's why they call it the E3 originally, okay. would, would get together in Los Angeles at the Expo Center. And other, other companies would come too, but those were the big three they were called. And they would put on a giant press conference show and they'd have a giant expo on the floor. And they would show off all the latest technology and video games coming down the pike over the course of the next calendar year. It was the Super Bowl of video games for all gamers around the world. We watched it with wide eyes and pure hearts, and we're so excited for what the video game industry was getting ready, the stories they were getting ready to tell us, 
the new adventures they were getting ready for us to go on with them, the connectivity, the multiplayer, all the things to bring communities together, the independent developers. This was like their biggest moment to shine, to make an impression on, on the video game community and show off those games that didn't necessarily have that giant budget to break through with advertising and the like that has been also canceled this year. Uh, I, I, this was canceled yesterday uh, being Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. Um, This was announced to be canceled late last night. Uh, That was to take place in June. It is clearly the beginning of March. Um, My initial gut feeling on that, when that announcement was made, before all of this started to transpire while we're on the air was that E3 was kind of in trouble already. Sony had pulled out a few years ago uh, and was not presenting again this year. Sony being a giant, giant portion of the attraction at E3, Microsoft and Nintendo, Nintendo had kind of pulled back as well. They weren't necessarily participating in the way they used to at E3 with their giant conference. Uh, So Microsoft was kind of the only one left standing and they did an admirable job the past few years putting on their conferences and showing off their games, but they just, the past few years for Microsoft had been tough because they didn't have the exclusives and the things that gamers were super excited for on the level that Sony did with God of War, with Uncharted, The Last of Us 2, Spider-Man. There was just a ton of first party games that were coming out for Sony and Microsoft really had been caught behind the eight ball and in throwing out uh, those first party titles. Now, Moldog, for somebody who doesn't know much about video games, a first party title is a title made in house by a studio owned by Sony or Microsoft. OK, all right. So that so that video game will only come out on that um, on that particular system. So if Sony makes Spider-Man, which was done by Insomniac Studios, it only comes out on the PlayStation. It will not come out on Xbox. It will not come out on the PC. Understood. So that's what first party title means. Third party title means when a big company like EA or Activision or Bethesda makes a video game, it comes out on PlayStation, Xbox or PC. So those are multi-platform video games. Well, I can so understand you- that. I like that explanation, Ply, because I can understand that because that even happened back in my day. And when you said Activision, that was the one that was interesting because in the old Atari 2600, the sports games were miserable. They sucked. <laughs> they were brutal. But then all of a sudden, Activision started making sports games, and those sports games were good. On the Atari, so I get it. It may be it may be thirty years too late or forty years too late, but I get that. That was a good analogy. Thank you for breaking it down that way. You're welcome. Um, so the explanation there is that once Sony pulled out of the E3 a few years ago, it really put a damper on the whole event. Uh, so they had been struggling for a few years to bring it back up to the level of prestige that it had before Sony had left. And and that's for a different podcast to talk about the reasons why Sony had stopped doing it a few years ago. 
but I think that it 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 really wouldn't have taken that hard of a push for E3 to say, you know what, we're good. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna scrap it this year. Sounds you like know, so. they were they were looking for the off ramp of the highway that they didn't want to be on. I I want to be careful how I say that. I don't know if they were necessarily looking for the off ramp. I want to say that when they saw it, they didn't really have to think about whether or not they were going to take it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Perfect. Okay. So, and it really, really hurts, especially the younger, smaller studios that were so excited to present all their hard work. Some of them I met at PAX East, wonderful, wonderful people who just dream so big and work so hard. Almost brings tears to my eyes, the level of dedication and love for video games and the video game industry that they put into it. For them, this is like their moment. And it's just another another example of, and I know life's not fair, but another example of, moments being taken away and i just hope i hope with i hope without hope that it's it's tough to really find where to land on this because you hope without hope that it is a knee-jerk reaction and that people will ultimately be okay right so but then once it is determined to be a knee-jerk reaction how do you unwind all that heartbreak and economic hardship you can never unwind it completely. You know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit? And, you know, I always like to kind of put things in some type of historical perspective. But when we boycotted the 1980 Summer Olympics. Now, I'm not I'm not saying we shouldn't have boycotted or there wasn't good reasons for that. But there were plenty of athletes that had prepped and trained for years and years. Their one shot, the Olympic Games, their biggest you know, their biggest stage, their biggest arena. And then due to political circumstances far outside their control, that chance never developed. It's tough. Yeah. And that's every four years. That's not even every year. That's every four years. So you can imagine the heartbreak and the, and the, uh, the just lost opportunity to make an impact on the world right there from circumstances outside their control. You know, when you lose a game, when you lose a video game, when you lose when you lose a sporting event, when you screw up a job interview, when when you make a bad decision in life, the the solace you can take in that is that you can own it. Yeah, you know. And this harkens back to the uh to the Astros when we were talking about the the pitching when you make a bad decision or something bad happens to you by your own volition i guess is the right terminology there you're able to own that mistake you're able to grieve inside you're able to learn from it and hopefully able to never repeat that again and try harder next time or move on to something else when those moments are taken away from you especially taken away from you by circumstances not with so in closing, Muldog, I know we went over a lot tonight with the uh, coronavirus in the terms of sports, in terms of uh, the video game industry and Hollywood and all these. We can't even keep up with it, but we've we've hope we've brought some sense of uh, normalcy 
and uh, logic to the situation for you guys. And just to let you know that everybody's in our thoughts and prayers, and we do want uh, this country and this world to get past this in the best way possible for everybody. And I and I I think if we err on the side of caution, it's okay to err on the side of caution, but at the same time, it's time to show what we're really made of and to really get out there and fight fire with fire and, and not let fear overtake us as a society. Moldog? Yeah, well said. And I just want to offer uh, similar sentiments. I obviously want to just wish everybody the best out there and not just Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, but anybody out there suffering any type of consequences from this particular situation. I just wish everybody the best. Take, take the proper precautions. Do what the CDC says in terms of hand washing and this and that. Follow the proper precautions. And I really hope, but I really do feel confident that this too shall pass. Yes, I agree. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this special, wild, rapidly changing, can't even plan for it edition of Ply and the Muldog. Follow us over on Twitter if you can, Ply and Muldog. There's no the in there. It's Ply and Muldog. Hit us up on Facebook at Ply and the Muldog or join us on the live video game show, which I will still be at at Ply Rock Gamer. We love you guys. We will see you on the next Ply and the Muldog. Mm-hmm.